At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Play action. Darnold backpedaling. Corner of the end zone. He's got Hollywood Higgins for a touchdown. Feeling the, the sideline, feeling the way the guys wanted to win at the end, feeling the how excited they were when we kicked the field goal and stopped them. Uh, that, that to me is a... You know, we're competitors, and so we want to win every drill, and these guys want to win this game, so yeah, it feel great. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Anish Shroff with Panther Talk, live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. 1-0. and oh. Yeah, it sounds better than 0-1. 1-0 oh, <laughs> preseason and all the Panthers Getting the win in Washington this weekend against the Commanders. And Ishraf, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki with you. One preseason game. you got to be careful not to take what you see and jump too far, Eugene. But but you were looking at something specific on Saturday. What was that? That was the uh, really the get-off time by the quarterbacks. And, and particularly... I wanted to see, uh, as a defensive back, how quickly do you get that ball out of your hands and able to read? And I tell you what, Baker Mayfield did a great job. Let me tell you this to get off times. 2.3, 2.38, 1.25, 3.3, 2.68. And then with the exception of the 7.5, because he ran the ball, he scrambled, the ball came out very, very quickly, and it came out fast, and he was able to look to his left and his right-hand side. So I said, wow, okay, Baker, you got something going on because – as a defensive back, it's hard to defend 2.38 seconds. It's hard to get into position. You you have to get in position, and then he can throw people open. So I was impressed. And I say to Zolt, the swag in which he he mobilized the team and moved down the field, there's a lot to be said about that. There was a confidence about Baker Mayfield taking the team down on that first drive and getting in scoring position. Now, I know it didn't materialize into six points off that um, – it was like an incomplete pass on the left-hand side to Zilstra. Shouldn't have happened because I think he ran the wrong it route. It was the wrong route, they said. But I would just tell you this. I I was impressed what I saw with Baker Mayfield. There was a lot of confidence by that young man and a lot of swag by that young man. And to your first point, you know, Matt Rule, after practice today when we were out there, said um, Baker just processes things so quickly. And I think that's part of that, that get-off speed that you're talking about as far as releasing the football, being decisive. You know, we talk about that so often, about just getting the ball out and making a decision and making the right one quickly but processing what the defense is doing. And then, like you said, about being the leader. I mean, that's such an important thing with that position is that guy that has command of the huddles, got command of the locker room. He's been uh, taking Matt Corral under his wing and practices and mentoring him. I mean, those are all leadership traits, and that position can't just be some diva wide receiver. Oh, no. And just so that, you know, it's just out there on an island trying to get his next paycheck, you've got to command the lead the offense. He looked apart. He really did look the part. Like I'm like, okay, dude. And here's another thing: he's not a big man, so he has to find the throwing lanes. When you're dropping back 2.3 seconds, you got to be able to maneuver in between the throwing lanes to get the rock out. 
And he did that. It wasn't batted down balls. It was a ball that was delivered with that little short, little slant route, that little drive route across the field. I'm like, dude. And when he threw that post, that um, it was broken up by the defensive backs who were in great position, but that post to Robbie, I said, dude, that ball was on the money. That ball was right there, and it was a great play by two guys, one of the, uh, the free safety and the corner, the conversion. And I said, dude, we're working with something. Baker Mayfield, that's impressive to me as a defensive back. Yeah, and Eugene, that ability to stretch the field, and you have a guy like Robbie who can go vertical, you know, you start to think when we see DJ and especially Christian McCaffrey out on the field, that now opens up things underneath where at times last year it was the other way around that the teams didn't really have to respect the deep ball with the Panthers. They didn't have to respect the deep ball with the Panthers, and now I think they have to. And the other thing about Baker, when he when we played him back in 2018, I think his first year in 2018, what it was, he was – maybe like 65 70%. He was eviscerating the Panthers. Everybody touched the ball. Everybody got some. It was like three passes here, four passes here, five passes here, three passes here, but everybody got touches. Uh, and and that's hard to do. That means you're going back through your progressions and seeing who's open based on what defense they're giving you based on what you're running offensively. You you're doing that and you're going through your progressions. That is really important. And he's got a strong arm, like you said. Like and there are things, as you said, with his stature where they'll have to roll the pocket and he'll get some batted down passes. That's going to happen. Um, and uh, and he's aggressive, so you're going to have some interceptions and some tipped balls by defensive backs that turn into interceptions at time. But if you don't play big, you can't have big no. plays. And so it's a risk-reward situation uh, that uh, just, uh, to me, it's like dude, Bruce Arians, no risk it, no biscuit, right? So sometimes you win, sometimes you lose with that, and hopefully you win a lot more than you lose on those deep balls. But to Anisha's point, I love just pushing it down the field. This is preseason. Get aggressive out there. You don't have your full complement of players out there. Um, but the receiver ran the wrong route. You had a fumbled center exchange, things like that. You know, work that stuff out now so when you hit the Cleveland game week one, you got a lot of that stuff worked out. Yeah, and Eugene, I mean, you're, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I think most of us who've kind of watched, the coaching staff has not revealed, you know, who's one, who's two in the pecking order, but you just get the sense Baker might be a little ahead. Having said that, I think this week's going to be huge for Sam because it is New England. And if you look at Sam Darnold's history against New England, 0-4 all time. And I know these are practices. It's a preseason game. Those four games, nine interceptions, one touchdown pass. Whether he is the starter week one or he is a backup, from a confidence standpoint, if he shows well in the two practices and Friday in the preseason game, that is not insignificant for Sam Darnold. No, and I think he has to show well. I mean, when he came into the game and he threw the touchdown off that little bootleg to the left-hand side, he took a shot. He took a shot, and first of all, he motioned the receiver in from the right-hand side to go all the way to the left-hand side, and he threw a, a corner route, and he, and he knew that he had it, but he was going to take a shot. He has to show well because he knows that Baker Mayfield is not going to give an inch. He knows that. And when they're going against the New England Patriots, and when you have – so much negativity that goes against you, you want to play well. You want to do well. You, you want to be that guy when they look up, you say, man, I'm the number one quarterback. He's, he has to show well. And if he doesn't show well, Baker is too good to wait in the wings for anybody. He's just, he just has that feel. And I'm talking as a defensive back. You know, when I study quarterbacks, I'm going to say, do you get the ball out quickly? Can you throw a guy open? Uh, what, what, what about your deep ball? Does your deep ball have some, something on it? He got he check all those boxes with me. I'm like, dude, you check the boxes. You check the boxes. He's not as tall, but Drew Brees wasn't as tall either, mm-hmm. and still was able to get the rock out. 
And Russell Wilson's not big in stature, no. and he's very athletic. And uh, I do like also the way uh, both quarterbacks have handled the competition. I mean, they're teammates, and so it's going to be something where you know they're going to be together, they're going to be working together. And I like the fact that you know Baker just focuses on himself when he's asked about the competition. He says, "I'm just trying to learn the playbook. I'm just trying to be better today than I was yesterday." And he's not talking about so much the back and forth competition because that'll sort itself out out on the field, anyways. And, and I, I like the fact that Sam Donald hasn't backed he hasn't backed down from no. the competition. No. He hasn't at all. And and I think. What's emblematic of that is throwing that touchdown. I know he was on it. You know, you get the ball and you're in the red zone and just fumble, uh, turnover. However, you got to be able to complete it. And don't forget, last year that was a struggle. But he was able to make that not a struggle and complete the ball for a touchdown. Yeah. Finishing drives, finishing yes. drives with touchdowns, an issue at times. We'll hear later on during Panther Talk from GM Scott Fitterer. Jim caught up with Iki Ikwanu, the rookie left tackle. And coming up next, we'll hear from the head coach of the Panthers, Matt Rule. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Three receivers bunch to the left. The give is to Gibson, right up the middle, and he is swarmed. The ball comes out. Barno able to pick it up for Carolina, and the Panthers say they have it, and they do. Play action. Darnold backpedaling corner of the end zone he's got Hollywood Higgins for a touchdown it felt almost like a situational scrimmage we got a little bit of everything we got third down we got red zone we got sudden change we got uh, two minute before the half two minute at the end of the game so there was a lot of situations that we can hopefully uh, build off of and, and, and work on that's really the kind of football we want to play a very connected team that helps each other out Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network coach Matt Rule joining us here on Panther Talk uh, you got one preseason game now under your belt. You walk away from that game, just, I don't preseason or not, just getting a W. What does that mean? You know, we have competitive guys, and so uh, we, what we want is we want them to make the leap from being competitive to finding ways to win. And so um, we were happy that we found a way to get that done. It wasn't maybe everything that we wanted in the fourth quarter in terms of, you know, letting Washington come back and tie the game up. So those are things that we're addressing, uh, you know, as a team. But the, to, to get the ball, go down, find a way to get into field goal range and make the kick, to me, that's, uh, that's invaluable experience. A lot's being made of the next two days, the joint practices with the Patriots. Uh, for fans not familiar how that works, g- give us an idea of, of what makes those unique. You know, I think we'll probably end up getting, uh, you know, uh, 70 or 80 plays, you know, each day versus – uh, another team and so we have a chance a to mat you know evaluate our personnel see how we are versus a team that went to the playoffs last year we have a chance to give our guys different looks you know they they don't know what's coming you know you practice against the same guy every day pretty soon you know when the spin moves coming you know when the pass plays coming and so now we have something completely different and our guys have to adapt you go in day one you know you hope that you have a really good day one and you have to come back and and be even better on day two so it's it's really valuable for your quarterbacks have you you decided how those reps will be divided these next couple of days? Yeah, we'll still continue to split the reps. Um, I think it's really important that we make sure that they each get the right amount of situations so that uh, we can continue to evaluate them in terms of situational football and winning in the two-minute, winning the third down. So uh, we'll mix the reps and uh, you know give them all a chance to go play. Is there any extra message for Sam just given his history against New England? 
Not for me. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we're always so in the moment of kind of forward thinking, and uh, Sam's in a really good place. You know, he's, uh, he's playing his best football. So to, to me right now, it's just, about, uh, it's just about, hey, attacking each day for what it is. What did you make of uh, some of the rookies who got some extended time in that first preseason game? You know, I, I really think Friday night's an important uh, test for them. You know, they had a chance to go to their first game. Some haven't played yet. Uh, really see, uh, you know, the speed of the game, the physicality of the game, you know, the first time playing in a while. Now I'm looking forward to seeing them make a jump uh, after doing it this Friday. So, uh, but you know what? There's some guys that did some really good things. You know, you get out there, Derek Wright has a ball. He catches in the seam. He could have taken a big hit. Uh, and, you know, Icky gets his first extended playing time. He gets a chance to see how he, you know, see what it's like to play against another team. So I think all of that is uh, really valuable for these guys. From a health standpoint, one preseason game in, how would you sort of assess the overall, overall health? Yeah, we're a, we're a healthy team. We're getting some guys back, you know, Terrace Marshall back for joint practice, Keith Taylor back for joint practice, J.C. Uh, Horn back full-time now for joint practice. So it's good to have those guys back. You know, Dennis Daly and Selly are back with us. So, um, you know, when you, when you have injuries, you hate them, but it gives other guys opportunities to practice and play and show what they can do. And so we have a pretty good picture of where guys are. Second preseason game, how do you treat it in terms of how much, you know, the ones would see the field? You know, we'll evaluate the joint practices and make a decision. Um, you know, for me, this is, you know, this, this second joint practice is a little bit more about some of the other guys, the younger guys. Uh, for me, the ones, we're going to measure them off these first two days. And uh, so guys will have a chance to play down the stretch. And I think the Patriots are probably going to play their ones. So, if hey, if you're a two and you're playing against their ones, then go show you should be a one. And that's, uh, you know, all these guys want an opportunity. So some of them will get it on Friday. I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's Matt Rule, head coach for the Carolina Panthers. Preseason game number two Friday from Foxborough against New England. Anish Raff, Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson in studio. These joint practices, they seem to be getting more of the attention in some ways than the actual game. Eugene, in your eyes, is Tuesday, Wednesday more important than the game on Friday? It, it really is. Uh, you know, my experience with joint practices, every time I had a joint practice, whether I was playing with Atlanta, whether I was playing with Seattle, I mean – Everything in practice seemed to matter more because you've seen it for the first time. You, it was in a, it's against a different opponent, and it's a different receiver. It's a different quarterback, different three-step drop. Diff, everything was different, and you had to get accustomed because if you get beat in practice, <laughs> dude, they're marking that down. They're marking it down. Yep, got beat in practice on the sub route. Oh, we vacated the post. You are being evaluated against you know the Patriots. Bill Belichick, you're being evaluated against that that guy. And it's going to be really incumbent that you do your job and do it well. Will they have some latitude? Will they give you some grace? Yes, but that grace is only extended to the to the veterans. You heard him say that Friday night is going to be about the number twos and threes because they can't really give you grace because they know what they got with Chris McCaffrey. They don't know what they got with you. And so you have to go ahead and show well. And if you don't show well in practice, boy, it's a mark against you. And uh, Coach Rule said today, someone asked him, like, what, the question you asked to Eugene, which do you value? In a lot of ways, he said they get a lot more out of the Tuesday, Wednesday, because you get to assign what the situations are that don't necessarily happen during the course of a football game with maybe a particular grouping that you want. So you can do a bunch of red zone. You can do third down over and over again. You can do two-minute drill, and you can uh, flip-flop it, but ones and twos and twos against ones. So you get to create all those scenarios for two days 
against another team, and you don't know exactly what they're going to do on the other side, makes it the perfect evaluation for that. So I think that's big, and um, I just think, too, that this team, it's like it's going to be a real confidence builder for them heading into this whole week of getting through the New England game, and then you can kind of, like, at that point, know this is our starting group, this is our next group, and it starts to sort itself out where you can figure out what the roster is going to look and like. And let me just say this quickly. It's another level of hype in practice against another team. There's a lot of scuffling that's going to go on and whatnot, a lot of trash talking that's going to mm-hmm. go on. All that stuff happens at that because it's against the other team and you're supposed to beat that other team. And so you're going to have that heightened awareness and heightened thing because of it's just going to be exciting because you're going to get somebody else. I'd imagine at some point, especially with training camp and practices, you get tired of hitting the same guys yes. over and over. Yes, you do, and you you always get into those scuffles. Linemen getting in scuffles with the defensive line, the linebackers, receivers getting scuffles with defensive backs. But when it's another team, mm-hmm. it's the other guy. You know, everybody becomes partisan. I'm I'm down with the Panthers. You know, I'm not down I, with the I, Patriots. I must say, I got into it with a Ravens broadcaster <laughs> do Jerry it. Sandusky last year because he said after practice we'll do our interview, we're going to tape it, and he was in his hotel room. He didn't come to practice, so I'm just going to say that's all part of uh, joint practice. Is sometimes the broadcast team has to get a little little chippy with these guys too. Yeah, we got to trade, Dukes, some, though. trade some friendly fire. <laughs> that's why Zoki's in the weight room before every game. Hey, this body didn't build itself. To put it that way. A lot of years put into this. All right, Panther talk will continue. We still got to hear <laughs> from Scott Fitterer, who's got some big decisions yes. coming up. We've trimmed the roster a little bit. We'll trim it some more next week. So we'll hear from Scott Fitterer on where those crucial decisions lie when Panther talk continues. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Off play action again, steps up. And he is going to be devoured in the backfield. Has time over the middle. Big hit by the rookie Brandon Smith to jar that loose. Gets rid of it quickly and broken up by Tay Hayes. Heineke takes the shotgun snap. Hit from behind. Wounded duck. And it's intercepted by Duke Dawson. Our one defense, you know, obviously two series against their ones. Uh, You know, they had Terry McLaurin. They had Diami Brown. They had all those guys out there. So it was good for us to get work against their Against their ones, I thought we looked pretty clean. The offense, you know, scoring on the first two drives. And so uh, some things to build on there, and obviously there's a lot of things to work on. Back to Anish Roth, Eugene Robinson, and Jim Zoki with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. All right, a lot of people talking about the uh, starting quarterback battle. Well, we did too, as we did earlier here on Panther Talk. On the offensive line, there are some intriguing battles taking place at center with Bradley Bozeman and Pat Elfline. And at left tackle, we've got Brady Christensen and Iki Aquanu, the first-round pick, sixth pick overall. And I got a chance to catch up with him before they got out of town. Sixth overall pick, of course, in the draft out of NC State, Providence Day here in Charlotte. Prior to that, and asked him about his development up to this point. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've grown a lot, um, you know, thanks to some of the some of the guidance I've had with some of these veterans out here, some of these coaches. But, um, you know, I still feel like those, those some, some things I got to share up, uh, you know, to make sure I'm ready for week one. But, you know, definitely the overall, I definitely feel like I've grown a lot here. Who are some of the guys on the, on the team that have kind of helped you out through this training camp? Just in the offensive line room has been, you know, a couple guys. You know, Cam Mervin comes to mind. Um, Taylor Moten, Austin Corbett, and obviously on, on the other side of the ball, I've been working against Burns and, Burns and Haynes, Marquise Haynes a little bit. So just kind of working, up, working with, with those guys and against some of those guys has just taught me a lot. 
I'm guessing in the ACC and in college, you didn't see anything quite like Brian Burns at that level, on at least on a consistent basis. Uh, I mean, Brian Burns is definitely special. There's some, there's some really good competition in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Definitely some good competition. You know, obviously, uh, even coming from his alma mater, Florida State, you know, I don't like shouting out D linemen, but, you know, they definitely have had a solid D line in the last couple of years. You know, NC State included, going against some of the guys at NC State, you know, like Corey, uh, CJ Clark, Savion, uh, Daniel Joseph. I, I know I'm going to miss somebody. Someone's going to get mad at me. But, you know, definitely some competition in the ACC. But, like you said, uh, Brian Burns is definitely special. Yep, there's good ones, and they'll get you ready. Obviously, you might be seeing someone like Miles Garrett that first game against Cleveland in the regular season opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, I, I like going against the best of the best. Um, I've been getting some great work in with Brian Burns, obviously all-pro all defense and so, like I said, the best of the best. Um, so the more reps I get, I get to go against him, you know, the more learning lessons I get to, I get to learn, the better off I'll be. A lot's been made about some days you're working with the one, sometimes with the twos. For you and your development, uh, does it matter? Or are you just learning every day no matter what's going on out there? Uh, I mean, obviously, like I said, I like to go against the best of the best, but no, I'm, I'm gonna, always going to trust you know where Coach puts me at, uh, whether it's the ones or the twos. I feel like there's obviously a lot of quality work to be had on this field. Uh, we got a lot of special guys here, a lot of special guys on defense and offensive line. So anytime I'm stepping on the field, I know I'm going against someone that's you know someone that's great. So um, any work is great work for me. A lot of folks are excited about a veteran coach like Dave Campen coming in as an offensive line coach. What's his style like in terms of what you're used to and what he's like? Uh, definitely a teacher of the game. Uh, that's something I appreciate. That's something that I really wanted going into the NFL. Uh, a coach that uh, could coach me, not just coach me, but a coach that could teach me uh, some more about my game as well. So he's taught me some things about technique and just some of the, some of the nuances of the game as well. NC State's pro, uh, really turned out some really great defensive linemen over the past few years. How much of that did you kind of benefit from for your time as far as practicing against that in college? Yeah, a great amount, great amount. Uh, yeah, like I, I mentioned some of the guys already, but um, even even back my freshman year, you know, going against Larry Murchison and Jason Williams, some of those guys, the older guys in there, you know, just uh, always good, great work. Uh, we always, you know, we pride ourselves at NC State about, you know, owning the trenches, and you can see that on both sides of the ball. So going up against them, especially in like a camp setting like this where it's so much good on good, you know, it just, it just, makes, us, it just makes us that, that much better. All right, last thing, I'll give a shout-out to your high school coach, Adam Hastings. You had a Providence Day. I had boys that played for him at R.J. Kell High School in Charlotte before that. But how did he prep you for for life and and college and what you've become to this point? Yeah, I I always say Coach Hastings and uh, my my senior when I was a freshman, Eric Kell, obviously those two guys were probably the guys that held me the most mindset-wise when it came just to being nasty on the offensive line. Um, Coach Hastings, you know, we went to Citadel, so he's he's – used to that some of that hard nosed football he kind of just instilled it into me at a young age that you can play you can be violent you know you can be controlled and violent at this game by playing offensive line so I appreciate you know I always credit him for you know helping me out with some of that with that mindset stuff just, you know just balling out just being as dominant as I can be Iki Aquanu, Panthers first round draft choice Carolina Panthers radio network always excited when rookies come in be able to talk as eloquently as that yes because that's the part that matters a lot to us Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina, one of the nation's leading orthopedic practices. Uh, Coach Rule covered some of this with Yanish uh, a couple of uh, a couple of minutes ago. But the guys that are coming back uh, from practice uh, this week: Terrace Marshall is back, Keith Taylor, uh, Stephon Sullivan, Dennis Daly, Derek Brown, all returning. So uh, that is good news on the injury front. Ortho Carolina leverages its expertise from treating professional athletes like the Carolina Panthers, applies it to the entire patient community. Visit Ortho Carolina. Dot com and Anisha and Eugene. It's, I, I like the fact too that Coach Rule's not just giving things out; that it's merit based. It's what they're seeing. And you've got an offensive line coach like Dave Campen with all this experience in this league. Uh, that under his watchful eye is where a lot of these reps and who's playing where is being doled out. It'll sort itself out over the course of 
this training camp over the first part of the season. But I like that they're not just saying, you're a first-round pick, go out there, you're left tackle, that they're making these guys fight for it. Yeah, I, I, I love the fact that you have to fight for it. And that's what you – Equino, he's been bred for that. I mean, that, the, the dude has been a baller ever since he was at Providence Day, a better wrestler, great feet, great hands, and you got to have that mix of – meanness and control, and he does. And then he said something that was really important. He wants somebody to teach him what he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. That's really important because at the left tackle spot, you have to, from Jordan Gross, you have to lose slowly. You have to be able to lose slowly and then push somebody off the offensive, off the offensive line. And so I, I like the fact that the way this offensive line is shaping up and that young man's mindset, I think, is going to bode well for the Carolina Panthers moving forward. And flying somewhat under the radar this offseason has been how good Brady Christensen has looked. That's the other part of the equation that we're not talking about enough. Yeah, Icky Aquano, I think we expect him to be the franchise left tackle at some point. But Brady Christensen has had a good camp, showed well toward the end of last season when they put him in at left tackle. Mm-hmm. And whether he's playing left tackle or he's playing left guard, that looks to be another solidifying piece up front for the Panthers. And by all accounts, he, uh, Brady graded out very well in yes. that first preseason game. Had basically a perfect game at his position. So as for, for him, it's like, yeah, it, it's nice to have choices and not force people. It's a long season, so uh, it's uh, refreshing after last year to have these many uh, choices. There's something about football that educates you. And when you have lost or been losing and you hadn't done well offensively as a, as a unit and then you come back and have a, another go at it, it just educates you. You learn what not to do. And I think, you know, you mentioned Christensen and you mentioned maybe uh, Daly also. Yep. You've learned what not to do. And I think this offensive line is going to be so much better because of the lumps they took last year. I think that's going to get all sorted out. And we'll be talking about this offensive line is, uh-oh, one of the offensive lines we have to talk about. Uh, Eugene, quickly, what is the biggest challenge for a rookie who, again, hopes to start at left tackle in the NFL going from college to the pros? He has to have really short memory. He's going to get beat by somebody with a great nine rush speed, rush doing something, spin, and the quarterback's going to get hit, and he's going to take it really personal. You, when you take it personal, you can go in a shell or you can go ahead and come out the next play and play it the right way and get after it. I'm expecting the latter. He'll get after it, but he has to, you know, he has to get – to know that those guys get paid too, man. <laughs> those dudes get paid too, and they go ahead and say, I'm trying to beat you and beat you down and make you look real bad so that you never step on the field again. But that, you know, with his mindset, that won't happen. And, and I just think he has to guard against that. Jim, cue that Jordan meme. And I took that personal. <laughs> <laughs> that was very much like that. And I took that personal. Yeah, I, 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 I just, you know, I'm partial because I've, I've coached against this kid in wrestling for five years. And I've watched him grow up as a wrestler who's dominant. And I watched him as a football player just become dominant. And now I'm watching him again with the Carolina Panthers. He's going to be dominant. He has that ability to be one of the best linemen that we've seen. I just remember doing two NC State games last year, and we'd turn on the film. Two things jumped out. Almost every time NC State ran the ball, they ran left. Because that's (laughs) where Icky lined up. The other thing that jumped out, forget the D lineman. Icky was moving that guy off. You would find him 10 yards, 15 yards downfield making a secondary block yes. to free that running back for more yards. With all due respect to you know Bam Knight and, and Ricky Person, I mean, they didn't have world beaters in the backfield. Iki Aquanu is what made that run game go. There's no doubt about that. I, 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 I was so excited with this number one pick. 
You know, I was jumping around my wife. I'm what are you what are you happy about? I'm telling you, this guy is the, the real deal. He yeah. is the real, real McCoy. Like when we got Jordan Gross, Jordan Gross was the real deal. There's no doubt about that. Jordan Gross is one of the best left tackles ever to, to put on a uniform here. And so now I think that Icky's going to be in that same mode. Uh, we've been waiting yes. since 2013 for that guy, and Icky Aquanu appears to be that franchise. No pressure, Ick. No pressure, Ick. No pressure after one preseason game. <laughs> uh, speaking of pressure, Scott Fitterer is going to have some decisions to make. The Panthers GM joins the show next. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health, because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. The give is to Brown, up the gut, moving the pile, and he is in for six. A Panther touchdown, it's Spencer Brown. The snap, the spot, the kick, it's up, and it's good, and Carolina takes a 23-21 lead with 24 seconds to go on Zane Gonzalez's third field goal of the game oh I wanted to win the game you know I, I wanted to win the game but I wanted to win the game not by uh, not by game planning not by tricking them not by you know blitzing and all that stuff but by by us playing better than them and so just seeing feeling the, the sideline feeling the way the guys wanted to win at the end feeling the how excited they were when we kicked a field goal and stopped them uh, that that to me is a uh, you know we're competitors and so we want to win every drill and these guys want to win this game so yeah it felt great this is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers radio network Panther Talk continues. We're joined by General Manager Scott Fitterer. One preseason game in the books. Uh, realistically, big picture, how much can you you know evaluate the key position battles and even the, the roster spots that are up for grabs at this stage? You know, you can start to get a feel, but you're not going to get a whole lot of it out of one game. Uh, this, this week in New England, the joint practices will be huge for us. The big thing, game one, we want to see the young guys come out, use their technique, you know, perform, you know, what they're taught uh, from from scheme standpoint. Just see them execute when there's actual game like conditions. We can see it in a controlled environment in practice, but it's good to see it during the game. Among those young guys, who impressed you? I thought Shai Smith did a heck of a job. You know, as a return guy, the slot game, you know, the slot game, he was really good early in the season last year. Got hurt a little bit, uh, fell behind. He's a guy that we're going to count on this year. Um, I thought Spencer Brown looked great, you know, running back. Um, really, uh, some of the DBs, just how they've competed out there. Duke Dawson got a pick. So some of the young guys stepped up and made plays when they had to. Spencer Brown's a name I'm hearing a lot. Coach Rule has talked about him. What is it about his skill set, about him, that you guys like so much? You know, we always like the runner. Um, he's one of the fastest players on the team. He's one of the strongest players. Uh, he's a good special teams guy. And where he got better this uh, this season was in pass pro, and then also uh, at receiving. You know, his hands last year were a little bit suspect. He's really, really worked on that, and he's he's grown as a player this year. He's matured. Uh, we're really excited about the future of him. How would you characterize where Baker and and Sam are after one preseason game? You know, it's hard. It's, it's this is a long process, and it, we're not going to base anything just on on one game. I thought uh, both guys came in and played well. You know, uh, not a lot there. Um, Sam, I think, threw a three passes, four passes, had an absolutely great touchdown pass. Baker had a couple nice or had a nice drive. So good things out of both of them. How do you weigh what we'll see Tuesday, Wednesday, the joint practices versus the actual game on Friday? Does one hold more weight than the other for you guys? You know, in a weird way, I think the practices will tell us a lot. You know, we're going to see a lot more um, on Tuesday and Wednesday than we might on Friday. And we're going to see more reps. Why is that? 
I think you just see more reps out of the guys, um, one after another after another. Game environment, you know, feels uh, flipped. There's a turnover. You know, you get out of rhythm. We get to see play after play after play, one-on-one, seven-on-seven. You get to see team periods, nine-on-seven. All these things that we really like to go back, break down, and watch. How are these guys, how are offensive linemen, you know, um, how are they with their angles? Are they shooting their hands? Are the defensive linemen using their hands, shedding blocks, you know, fighting blocks? Those are all the things that we want to see, and we can see that more in practice. How much do coaches on both sides communicate, hey, we want to see how our quarterback may respond to pressure. So they'll say, okay, we'll give you a couple of these pressure packages we have or, or vice versa. The Patriots may want to see Mac Jones react to a certain uh, instance. So the defensive coaches for the Panthers will do something. How much of that conversation goes along? You know, that's something that, that Matt and Coach Belichick will work out. Um, that's huge. You actually hit it on the head. That's, that's probably one of the, the things that, hey, this is what we need uh, to work on. We need, we need to see a blitz period. We need to see two-minute drills. So we can, we can actually control those in practices and get to see what we need to see. You walk away from this coming Friday, second preseason game. Uh, now that we're in this age where it's three preseason games instead of four, uh, does it change how you, you manage that game versus in the past? Well, it does. We're down five players this week, too. Um, you know, obviously, starters didn't get a lot of work last week. They might get a little bit more this week. They're definitely going to get a lot more during the practice week. And then that third preseason game is probably where you see the most action with the first-team unit. Uh, last thing, Scott, as we kind of get down toward you know the, the middle part here of preseason, where do you feel your job is going to be the hardest because the competition at these positions might be tough when you got to try to trim the roster? Yeah, I think offensive line, tight end, um, you know, defensive backs, especially the safeties. There's a lot of really good players that can play for us and help us, and. It's a good thing because it means our roster is getting healthy. We're getting to a point where it's hard to cut guys. And when you do cut guys and they get picked up elsewhere, you know, you're disappointed. But it's like, hey, we're, our roster is in a space where we think we're good, we're healthy, we're going in the right direction. So there's going to be a lot of really good battles. You know, uh, like I said, safety um, and offensive lines, that's going to be a tough cut. Scott Fitterer, GM of the Panthers, joint practices tomorrow and Wednesday, preseason game number two against the Pats on Friday. As Scott Fitterer talked a lot about those position battles and where they have created depth and competition, uh, there's one more spot, too. We were talking about this during the last break. Eugene, wide receiver. Stacked. We know DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall. They're all going to be on the team yep. one way or the other. You start to get beyond that, and who's four, who's five, who maybe even a six. A lot to choose from right now. It's going to be some tough decisions. And it comes down to special teams. Don't forget about that. Special teams is going to play heavily away uh, what they do as far as receiver. And don't forget, Shy has looked great. Yep. Hig- Higgins got that touchdown from moving from right to left. He looked beautiful on that little seven route, making himself known. Coaches bragged about him. Zilstra, a guy who they like anyway. Zilstra is another special teams type of guy. And that's just some of the guys we're talking about. There's another five, six more receivers out there. It is hard to make this squad here, and you got to do something. And you talked about this New England game. You can eliminate yourself in this New England practice by missing a ball. It's, it's, it's that precarious. You miss a ball in that practice, guess what? They got Okay, see you later. Mm-hmm. This practice is going to be really important. And then the game, of course, because the twos and threes are going to have a chance to show what they can do. 
and it's going to be hard to make this team because they're going to keep five to six receivers. That's it. And then everybody else is going to practice squad. But there's, here's a little twist from today that, uh, that they know and that they're sharing yes. is that Coach Rule said, I'm not looking for a corner who can be a special teams guy. I'm looking for a core special teams guy that can play some corner. They want guys that can play all four phases of special teams and then they can play a position, but they want to emphasize the special teams part. So it's not necessarily like, are you a good enough receiver? Are you good enough at special teams that you could maybe play a little receiver? Because you don't really need a fifth receiver to catch the ball or a fifth defensive uh, cornerback out there. You need special teams guys. You know, and I was watching um, number 42, Franklin. He's the um, Sam Franklin, yeah. I watched him run down the field on the special teams play and just absolutely annihilate somebody. I said, yeah, dude, that's the dude you want. You want somebody who's going to set the tone like that because if he can do it on the special teams, I already know what he can do in, in, in a regular game. You know, I saw him make a nice little tackle, form up, boom. That resonates with the coaches. They go, okay, this is my guy. This is a guy I can, I can count on. And then when you stay healthy, if you're able to stay healthy, boy, you become a really valuable asset. To your point, able to throw, uh, catch the ball, but able to do all the special team stuff. Now you start tallying up the knowns. One of the big knowns is this team will be very good on special teams no this doubt. year. They've upgraded big time. They've got playmakers. They got a great punter. They got a great return man. We have more to do here on Panther Talk. We're back after this on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Any Shroff, Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson with you. Panther Talk. We got about uh, 10 minutes left in the show. Jim, as we get ready for New England, and it feels like we just got off the plane, so we're about to get back <laughs> on the plane in a day or so here uh, to go to New England. Uh, these joint practices, the, the preseason game on Friday, uh, do you think, hey, this is a, a challenge, too, for this offensive line for the Panthers, given what New England presents defensively I do and um, I think I think the Panthers are better equipped to handle uh, that kind of a situation for all the reasons we talked about this year and it'll be interesting you know we, we don't talk about the right side because it's so locked down steady of Taylor Moten and Austin Corbett over there mm-hmm. if you notice beginning that game last week against Washington a couple runs over to that right side about NC State running left where Icky is they were running right early in the game and uh, again you don't want to show your hand too much uh, early in preseason and so forth that's not exactly dramatic scheming but look for that a lot uh, to be a staple for this team this year so that's good it'll be interesting to see if they go with the bigger Bozeman or do they go with Elfline it sounds like Bozeman probably gave up a sack in this past game and then the battle that's going on what do you think of Brown (laughs) oh my goodness he looked good yeah it's great to have options and choices there so I think uh, again I think they're going to have a lot of options there and you know, typically, Eugene, you keep at least uh, probably nine at offensive line, five plus four yes. backups there. So this is going to be a really good group. I mean, for probably going from what was easily the least inspired position last year, a lot of that was injury on top of what they had, uh, to being one of the most fortified through free agency in the draft of what they have. And I think this plays into the hand of uh, Coach McAdoo because I kept talking about the ball was coming out very, very quickly. Well, it came out also quickly for P.J., PJ got to rock out really fast, too. So I think it's a concerted effort to make sure that you're playing fast and you can go ahead and build a nice running game behind playing fast and getting the ball out quickly. That is a lethal combination. It's, it's hard to stop two things, let alone one thing. You know, Jim, you brought up, hey, you know, do you keep nine offensive linemen? you got a bunch of guys now that can play different positions. That might open up a spot elsewhere mm-hmm. at another position group. You may only have to ride with eight. Yeah, you know, you got a swing guy who can play guard and center, you know, or a guard and tackle. And 
You just answered a you just answered a. Or problem we get Giovanni Ricci to do one more thing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that we, guy could play any position on the team. We I just think. want him to reach for the ball again. <laughs> Ricci for the ball. <laughs> Ricci for the ball. That's, that's so. Ricci played a little tight end. Um, we know he can play fullback. Yes, he can. Hasn't Valuable. had a carry yet. Maybe we get him a carry. Maybe yeah. we throw him on the offensive line. Giovanni Ricci. Uh, he's our Da Vinci in cleats. <laughs> Panther Talk returns after this. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Anish Shroff, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki. Panthers have already shipped up to Boston, uh, technically Foxborough. How do you spell Foxborough? Do you just put an O at the end or <laughs> yeah, yeah, the O U G H? No, I think it's like sourdough. O R O. Yeah, it's O R O. I've seen it area. both ways. <laughs> yeah. It's radio. We don't it's, have it's, to spell. It's, it's, no, we don't. Foxborough. We can actually spell phonetically with an F if we wanted to. O R O. I think it's, it's not O R O U. We can throw a PH in the beginning, too. Yeah, <laughs> So the Panthers, tsunami was a T. Yeah, tsunami was okay, a tsunami. T. Okay, you go. <laughs> the Panthers—they've uh, already uh, shipped up to uh, New England for their preseason practices tomorrow and Wednesday. Second preseason game Friday. We've talked a lot about the quarterbacks Baker and Sam. Hopefully, sorts itself out this week. PJ Walker had a strong game uh, against Washington on Saturday. Matt Corral, Jim. We saw Matt Corral. That was his introduction to the NFL. Uh, there, there were some rough moments, but this is a rookie, and we were told all along he's got a bright future. We're going to have to be a little patient. Yeah, and they, I think uh, he, that was his welcome to the NFL moment. As you said, you get your helmet ripped off, and you go <laughs> one of nine passing, and it can only go up from there. But you, you, you've got to take those first steps on the field. And again, you're working behind not only a backup offensive line, but uh, the Washingtons were trying to win the game at the end. They started blitzing a lot more than they had earlier, which is a little unusual for preseason. So got a little salty there, I think, with Jack Del Rio and that defense trying to make things a little bit more difficult uh, for him than it was maybe for the previous quarterbacks. And, and I like the way the Panthers responded. The Panthers were down and went down to score to win the game and that's that's invaluable when a team has been losing and you come and win your first game I don't care what you say I'm feeling real good I'm feeling really good about what we're doing I'm glad you said that because it's easy to dismiss it preseason wins and losses don't count but Matt Rule talked about it too he talked about it today talked about it after the game on Saturday when you finish last year on a seven game losing streak there's got to be some value in just coming out on top. It's, it's, there's a lot of value in winning a football game. And there was a lot of energy on that sideline. There was a lot going on. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So, yes, value in winning. Yeah, a lot of culture building is important. Yes. We've got a younger team, a team just heading into their third year with this coaching staff. Uh, it, it's a good thing. And, again, it, uh, it wears off quickly, but uh, something to build off of for this week. Yeah, and that's going to be the fascinating part now. So um, we get to see how this Panthers quarterback derby plays yes. out. We get to see it against a Bill Belichick defense, uh, and we'll get to see the the Panthers defense against a Patriot offense, and we still are not quite sure who's calling the plays for New England. Is it Patricia? Is it is it Judge? That's the, the big mystery. So that does it for our show. Don't forget, we've got our game coming up 7 p.m. on Friday, pregame at 6 p.m. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.